Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and on Hacking Your ADHD, I dig into the tools, strategies, and best practices that will help you work with your ADHD brain. Today, I'm going to be talking about journaling. When we're thinking about ADHD and journaling, there are a lot of thoughts that might come up. You might be thinking, there's no way I can just sit down and focus on writing for that long. Or you might be thinking, I don't have time for that. Or maybe you're thinking about that pile of journals that you've bought that just seems to be getting higher and higher. I know journaling can be intimidating, but in today's show, we're going to discuss the potential benefits of writing a journal, work on figuring out what the best type of journal is for you, and also, most importantly, some of the best ways to keep up with our journaling habit. And with that, let's get on with the show. I want to begin by saying that starting a journaling practice isn't easy, even more for those of us with ADHD. And if we just think about a few of the things involved, it's easy to understand why. Finding time to sit down, staying focused on writing, and then making it a daily practice can seem like a fairly daunting process. At the same time, though, all we're asking ourselves to do is write out stuff that's already in our head. We aren't trying to create a great work here. We're just sitting down and writing out our thoughts. It's both simple and it's not. Even when we do manage to get ourselves to sit down, we can find ourselves being intimidated by staring at that blank page. It can feel like a task that we can just put off until we're ready to write. But if I'm just waiting to get the motivation to journal, I'm not sure how much writing I'd actually ever do. And while I can accept that I'll have a few entries that start off with, well, it's been a long time since I wrote anything in here, I don't really want to start every entry off that way. Creating and maintaining a journaling habit may seem like it's well beyond our ability sometimes but there are some really good reasons that you should consider picking up the pen. What I tend to like most about journaling is it allows me to clear out my brain. I can just unload all the thoughts, problems, and worries onto the page. By writing all this down, it allows me to slow down and actually work through my thoughts and feelings. One of the clearest benefits you can find is that it can really help you notice patterns in your life. We all know we forget stuff, but that also means we might not notice how often certain things are happening. For example, it was a lot easier for me to identify I was dealing with a sleep issue when I looked back and found entry after entry mentioning how tired I was. I knew I should be getting better sleep, but because I had so many entries mentioning my bad sleep, I could really see that it was something that I needed to address. By writing these things down, we can start finding patterns in our behavior that we might otherwise miss, and especially when we're sleep-deprived. Once I'm able to recognize a pattern, further journaling can continue to help because it's a great way to work through those problems. Journaling allows us to slow down our thinking, and it almost feels like you're getting an outside perspective. I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to think through a problem, I can get into these repetitive thinking patterns where I never reach a solution. I'll have thoughts like, I should really get better sleep because when I don't sleep, I'm tired. And when I'm tired, I need to get better sleep because otherwise I'm going to be tired. And that's not actually useful for solving problems. With journaling, I'll instead stop at, I need to get better sleep, and then I can ask myself questions on how to make that happen. Basically, it creates a structure to my thoughts that I'd otherwise not be able to keep up. And creating the structure allows me to really think through the problem, break the loop, and actually come up with solutions. It can be kind of like a mini coaching session with myself. But journaling is about more than just problem solving. It allows us to think through our feelings. ADHD can make it really hard to navigate our emotions sometimes, and journaling can allow us to slow things down and figure out how we're really feeling. When we're having trouble working through our emotions, 
putting them down on paper can really help give us some clarity. Of course, just deciding that you want to include more journaling in your life isn't the end of the decision tree. One of the most important things you are going to need to think about is your medium. I know it's getting close to Halloween, but we're not talking about communicating with spirits here. We're just taking a look at a few of the different ways you can choose to journal. Most of the journaling I do is with pen and paper. I found a small notebook that I really like to use, and then I typically use an erasable friction pen when I'm writing. I like being able to erase, although I've taken to just crossing things out as a means of practicing non-perfectionism. Additionally, I use a variety of colors for my entries. This is to help my brain identify that I don't need to be perfect about my journaling practice. And this also means I don't have to worry about having the right pen with me when I'm doing my journaling, which has, you know, caught me up a few times in the past. And of course, I'll link up to what I use in the show notes, just in case you're curious, at hackingyouradhd.com podcast slash journaling. If you choose to go the pen and paper route, what I'm going to urge you to do is to just find something that's good enough instead of trying to find the perfect journal. Journaling can be a messy process, so trying to make it perfect is counterproductive. You don't want to be holding back your thoughts in the name of having a perfect journal entry. No such thing exists. But paper journals do have their problems, like I don't always have it with me. In fact, just yesterday I arrived at my office and planned to do a little journaling before I started working on this episode, only to realize that I left my journal on the kitchen counter. Not a great start. But I have other options. Options that travel with me. What I'm talking about are digital journals. What I use most often is a file in Evernote which is an app that is designed for note-taking and organizing that I use for a lot of my writing. I've got a folder in Evernote just for journal entries. I don't use it all the time because I like the feel of a pen in my hand while I'm writing, but I also really like having the option of having a journal that I can access from my computer or phone. And again, journaling isn't about perfection. It's fine to have two or three places that you put down your entries. While I might like the idea of having just one system for journaling, that isn't something that I've been able to work out. So, in the spirit of working with my ADHD, I've accepted that I'm just going to have more than one journal. Of course, Evernote isn't the only way to capture your notes digitally. There are a ton of different note-taking apps that you can download for your phone or use on your computer. Far too many for me to go into here. Maybe in the future I'll do an episode reviewing various note-taking apps. But that's really outside the scope of this episode. I know that for some of us with ADHD, writing can be really difficult. One of the most common comorbidities with ADHD is dyslexia, which is something I also have. Now, whether you have dyslexia or simply have trouble paying attention when you're trying to write, there are still a lot of good options for creating a journaling practice. One easy option is to use a speech-to-text program. Google has a free voice typing feature built right into Google Docs. All you have to do is open up a new document and click Tools, and then click Voice Typing. Once you give it access to your microphone, you're good to go. I will note, though, that it doesn't automatically put in your punctuation, but with a little practice saying comma and period while you're talking, it goes fairly easily. And you don't have to limit yourself to only creating text documents for journaling. You can just as easily create an audio or video journal. Both of these options are simpler than ever with our phones. There are a number of journaling apps out there for both audio and video entries. All you have to do is click record and talk. These are great options for people who are better at talking through their thoughts rather than writing them down. Starting any new habit isn't easy. Journaling is no different. And if you want to create a successful journaling practice, it's a good idea to think through the problems that might crop up along the way. I know I've said this a few times already, but I'm going to say it again. Journaling isn't about perfection. Some days we are going to miss our appointments with the journal. 
And that's okay. Our practice doesn't need to be perfect. It might be better just trying to state your goal as journaling two to three times a week rather than trying to journal every day. The best thing I've found to keep up my practice is realizing I don't have to do a whole lot. A journal entry doesn't need to be pages and pages. It can be if you're feeling it, but if you're not, it's fine if it's just a sentence or two. So let's ask ourselves what our minimum journal entry needs to be. When we set this, we want to make getting our win easy. Sometimes when I sit down, the first thing I write is, I don't know what I want to write. And that can be a great jumping off point, but sometimes that's all I've got that day. Although I'll usually try and spruce it up a little and have something more like, it's a long day, I'm exhausted, and my brain is closed for the evening. And I do like having entries more like that because it gives me a better picture of what is going on in my head rather than just, I don't know what to write. But maybe that's what you need your minimum entries to be. Remember, this is about what works for your brain, not anyone else's. When we're trying to form a new habit, we've got to look at what's the very first part of the habit we're trying to form. And in journaling, it's not the writing. It's usually the sitting down and opening up that journal. So we want to reduce the friction of making that journal entry as easy as possible. If we think that we have to write three pages every time we sit down, we'll do a lot more to avoid that habit than if we think we only have to write a sentence or two. And remember, we already told ourselves that we're okay with that minimum entry. If you always try and force yourself to write more after those first few sentences, your brain's going to figure it out. It's going to know you're not actually honoring your minimum entry. So be sincere about your minimum entry. If you don't feel like writing, you don't feel like writing. But sometimes, once you start, it gets a whole lot easier. If you're having trouble getting past that minimum entry, not because you don't want to write, but instead just can't think of anything to write, a good option might be to look at either journal prompts or a guided journal. A journal prompt is just a question to get you started and could be about anything. Examples might be, write a story from your childhood or list five people you admire and explain why. And a simple Google search will give you hundreds of more options. Guided journals are similar, where you are answering prompted questions, but they tend to be more focused on walking you through the process of journaling. One example I have liked from time to time is the five-minute journal. In that, you start off with a few questions about what you are grateful for and what you want to do with the day, and then another set of questions for that evening. As the name implies, it takes about five minutes to fill out, so it's a great option for people that are worried about how much time they want to spend journaling. And let's take a minute to talk about deciding how much time you want to set aside for journaling. While you don't want to block off your entire morning, you've got to give yourself ample time to write. This is going to vary from person to person and what your goals with journaling are. If you are able to get through your thoughts in five minutes, that's great. I personally like to try and give myself about 20 minutes, but I also don't always write that long. That's just how much time I make sure is available in case I need it. Another thing we need to think about are all the things that go into our practice of journaling. Like I mentioned in episode two about timing your day, there are a lot of invisible parts of tasks that can slip you up. Let's say you decide to give yourself 15 minutes for journaling in the morning. You set your timer and sit down, but then you think that you'd also like a cup of coffee while you write. You quickly make yourself a cup, but then you realize 10 minutes have already passed. Did you account for that extra 10 minutes in your morning planning? If not, you just reduced your journaling time by two-thirds. Or maybe you didn't think about the time you were going to need to look for a pen. All of those things you do to make your practice work take time. You want to make sure you're accounting for all of them so that you're not cutting yourself short. I mostly talked about journaling in the morning, but you can make journaling part of your bedtime routine as well. Sometimes I really like doing a bit of writing right before I get into bed. It is a really great way to release a lot of the anxieties that have built up in my head over the course of the day. If you have a lot of trouble getting to sleep once you are in bed because you can't get the gears in your brain to stop turning, journaling can be a great way to get your mind to settle down. Before we go, I just want to spend a little time raining on the journaling parade, which is going to be a mess 
because no one wants their journal to get wet. But what I want to talk about here is actually pretty important. While journaling can do a lot of great things, you've got to be mindful of how you use your journal. A lot of us with ADHD don't always have the best self-talk, and if you let that out onto the page, you're not always going to be getting a whole lot out of journaling. Just writing about how you need to be better and how much you suck isn't going to help. Journaling shouldn't be just another way for you to beat yourself up. When you are journaling, you've got to treat yourself with compassion. This doesn't mean you can't write about negative things or how you screwed up sometimes, but it does mean you've got to work on how you talk to yourself about those things and to also call yourself out when you aren't being fair to yourself. I've had plenty of entries where I started to beat up on myself for one thing or another, but when I was able to step back and objectively look at the situation, I was able to give myself a little bit more slack and talk down the negative self-talk. And when I did that, I could do a lot more to work on the problems I was facing. If my self-talk is that I'm lazy, my only option for it is to work harder. But if I actually look at the situation and maybe realize that I'm overscheduling myself or I'm not accounting for some other factor, then I've got room to try and actually solve those problems. We've all tried to motivate ourselves to be better by using negative self-talk. But as I've heard my friend Eric Tivers ask frequently, how's that working out for you? Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's points. One, journaling allows us to think through our problems and improve our emotional well-being. Two, you've got a lot of options for how to journal. Whether it's with pen and paper, digitally, or an audio or video journal, make sure you're choosing the option that is best for your ADHD brain. Three, to be successful at journaling, we've got to treat it like any other habit that we want to form and start off easy. By thinking ahead, we can come up with strategies that will make it easier for us to sit down and actually write. Four, remember to approach your journal with compassion. You're not going to be solving any problems just by beating yourself up. And that's it for this episode. Check back next week when we'll be looking at more ways we can work with our ADHD. You can find show notes for this episode at hackingyouradhd.com slash podcast slash journaling. When you have ADHD, you are part of a tribe. And if you got something out of this episode, please share it with your tribe members that you think might also benefit from hearing it. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast player you use. Get new episodes automatically downloaded into your podcast player every Monday by clicking subscribe. If you can't get enough things ADHD, then check out the other podcasts in the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers and ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan. One of the best ways you can manage your ADHD is by connecting with others. So be sure to check out our social channels on Facebook at facebook.com slash hackingyouradhd and on Instagram and Twitter at hackingyouradhd. Or you can get me directly at hackingyouradhd.com. Be sure to reach out and let me know how you are hacking your ADHD. And until next time, stay focused. Stay focused.